Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, wait wait a second, I'm actually not on screen. Hold on, I need to fix this. Uh, let me just change that on right now. Ah, much better. Welcome Whoa. everyone to today's News Tonight. Whoa, where's Derek? Where, I am joined by uh, my good friends and GVG co-founders Ash Paulson and Steve Bowling, and you might know the different hair going on right now. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I <laughs> any guesses to why I'm wearing this? <laughs> Man, oh, when you said oh. you had a surprise. Like a dragon. That is Ichiban's Thank you. hair. Oh, nice. It is Ichiban. Have a clue right there. Nice. Unfortunately, I don't have Yakuza 7 on uh, right. disc, but I was very kindly uh, reached out to by Sega um, to uh, <laughs> with a PS5 copy of uh, Like a Dragon, so I now have that. And along with it, they were like, hey, we want to send you something physical, but we it's cosplay related, but we don't want to say what it is. So they sent me Ichiban's hair. Ichiban's necklace, and even though there's no way for it to get actually over this, Ichiban's hat. <laughs> so like, it's just not going to work. I love it at all. That is so awesome. So, yeah. so uh, they uh, they as part of their thing, they wanted asked like, "Hey, where this is part of a social media post or is some sort of um, you know video, little video and whatnot, just to get the word out there about Yakuza, Yakuza Seven, which from everything I've been told and heard, the game is freaking amazing. I don't know why that wouldn't be any different on the PS Five. Uh, obviously, I have a lot of the Yakuza series to get through, um, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, I have TNT, so let's do this. That's nice. awesome. I, I I still can't wait to play Yakuza Seven. I have the PS Four version that, that now that I can upgrade to the PS Five version. And I just need time to sit down and play it, but mm-hmm. I I want that that uh, that hair. That's cool. I love. Yeah, it. that is I really know. cool. I just yeah. I just let it grow. And uh, <laughs> my my, my I, guess I, is before we started, were that you said you had a surprise for us. I'm like, okay, either you got a mohawk, or you're gonna be wearing a Mega Man bikini or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> and Steve said a Mega Man bikini, so I I just wasn't sure. But clearly, I was wrong either way. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it's hard to wait to really go uh, how it was. Say how it was all going to go, but I'm I'm happy with the results, and uh, it's I uh, never wore a wig before, so this is this is this thing is thick. <laughs> this is thing it? Is, there's a lot of hair here. It was uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> how um, does Amy like it? Is this your new style oh, now? Your oh, new... she was cracking up. So nice, nice. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's something here. I was looking I was looking through my outfits, just seeing if I could match like the clothes for Ichiban as well. But unfortunately, I just I I can't rock his style completely. <laughs> So nice. Such is the way. Such is the way. But uh, yeah, Scuff, Classy. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna oh. try to wear. I'm gonna be wearing this the whole time. I bet my might be nice. miserable by the end, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> classy Munkit with a good idea. Uh, Mega Man Bikini. That's a higher Patreon tier. I like that. You're business minded, Classy Munkit. So that that can maybe still happen. <laughs> just lock behind a higher we, Patreon tier. We need yeah. to start uh, manufacturing that ourselves. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. But yes, uh, welcome everyone, and uh, how have you two been uh, since uh, Monday's Monday's episode? Oh, you know, hanging in there. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing's really changed in the past couple of days. I'm still slowly chipping away at The Last of Us Part Two in terms of this, the, the very little free gaming time I get right now. Still chipping away at that. 
And I was telling Steve, uh, without spoilers, I, I, I almost don't want to finish it because I, I know where it's going now. And I, I'm toward the what I think is the very end of the game. You are. And I, I yeah, okay, I thought so. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want to finish it because I, I know where it's going. And it just makes me sick to my stomach to think about <laughs> what I'm going to have to do and watch and, and see. And I hate it. This game sucks. Zero out of it's- ten. Nah. It's like old yellow. You just got to put her down, Ash. I, I, yeah, that's. I'm just gonna have to just grit my teeth and bear it because it's. It's. Yeah. It's. I like. I, like how I wish Derek, I could say something, but I can't. I like how Derek weaves a dog killing joke in, into. into that's his true. Good point. Ash finished the Last of Us Part Two. Not, yeah. not to what twist the proverbial knife that is also in a dog. Apparently, in this scenario, right? I got to get exactly. more Ichiban in here. Like, play Dragon Quest. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh gosh. Um, what about you, Steve? Anything new? Uh, I've been good. You know, um, it, it's been nice being home. I, for those of you that don't know, I took a week off my day job just to kind of relax, get some, get take a mental health break. So I'm technically still on vacation, even though I'm back home. Um, I spent a lot of time with my kids. You know, it, it's mm. it, between. Uh, full-time job and GVG, which can at times be, be almost another full-time job. Uh, you know, it, it's nice to just take some time off, go outside, you know, and, and spend time with my family during during hours that I normally am not available. So I've, mm. I've been enjoying that a lot. Uh, and I've been playing a little bit. You know, I've... It, man, I... It, I'm fortunate in the sense that we're kind of in a lull, so what I've been doing with my spare time is trying to develop out ideas I have for the channel, you know, just kind of sit downstairs mm-hmm. with my laptop and a coffee and just, you know, sketch out things that I'd like to do here, uh, which is again, a luxury that we don't have uh, all the time. Like, you know, to just sit down and take your time and think through something because there's always the next thing to cover the next news story, the next review, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, so I've taken some of my free time and just kind of sketched out um, some ideas I have that hopefully will become something. <laughs> but we'll we'll find out. Um, yeah. Other than that, just chilling, man. And it feels really nice to to get some R and R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing a lot of um, catching up on since I finally finished the Persona Five Strikers review, which is you know was like oh, God, I'm just trying to get that out as soon as I can. And it's not a it's definitely not as long as a regular Persona Five game or you know Persona game. But you know, kid, <laughs> it's a little trickier yeah. to manage all of that. Um, but now that that's finished, I, uh, have my own unique series that I'm, I want to get to, but before that, I got to finish off one bit of business. We do ha- I do have a, uh, Patreon request review, uh, that I want to get done. So I've started playing that game and, uh, I, I just early impressions, um, for knowing nothing about it. It's kind of cool. <laughs> nice. Nice. I don't know. Don't know how I'll come out on it on the end, but I'm definitely like, okay, this is a not going to be torturous. That's good. <laughs> That's good because you never <laughs> know what people good. are going to send you. But I, I had a feeling it was going to be pretty, right. pretty decent. Um, and uh, otherwise, I uh, just continue to work on my uh, the, the whole Final Fantasy and uh, uh, 14 and uh, Road to Endwalker thing, which uh, I think I'm close to finishing up the storyline in the opening city. Because you you start in one okay. of three different cities based on which class you choose, um, 
And meanwhile, Amy has finished the uh, 2.0 storyline. So basically wow. the core of Realm Reborn. Dang. She is blowing Already. through this game. She is a, she is addicted. And it is nice. amazing to see. I'm so jealous of her because I'm seeing all the crazy and cool crap she's doing. And I'm like, all right, I'm uh, talking to this guy. Okay, you want me to check on this guy who's uh, afraid of heights and up on a high place? That's fun. Okay, let's talk to this guy. And just, you know, I'm getting the basic stuff. Meanwhile, she's in an eight-person party going through storyline-specific <laughs> stuff, taking on these big things. Like I'm like, oh, style. my God. And she then she, now, now she's completed that main bit. She has flying mounts. I'm like, Man. Oh, I want a flying mount. That makes yeah, it right? so the much faster. Queen over here. <laughs> I know. Blow the crazy think... thing is that she's she's still so far from actually catching up to the main story, right? Because the way it's, I believe the way it's laid out is that you get two is the new, ex, you know, is it, the the next um, expansion for lack of a better word. So Realm Reborn is two point um, and then I think it's uh, Heaven's Ward. It was the second, next one was like 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, so forth. Uh, so Evan Walker will be 6.0. But they add more story with the uh, 0.1. So 2.1, mm-hmm. there's more stuff. And I think it goes to 2.5. So once they get to close to 2.5, that's when you're like, oh, okay, expansion is coming. So just to give an idea of how that kind of uh, works. Um Needless right. to say, I'm jealous and working on that. But uh, after that, I'm, I'm hoping to work on my uh, own unique series for GBG, um, which should be pretty easy considering I looked at March's release schedule. There's nothing until Balan Wonderworld, <laughs> uh, which it's funny. We get Balan Wonderworld, Monster Hunter Rise, and I think like Story of Seasons, Pioneer Town. There's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even interested in most of those games, so... Yeah. Well, cool. I think what we need to do is is figure out a way to make Joseph Bayer's uh, suggestion here in the chat a reality. We should figure out a way to automate the TNT editing process to save you guys some time, dude. If there is a way we could do that, if there is a the way that the editing could edit itself and the back end stuff could back end itself, which didn't sound good coming out, uh, <laughs> I, I know we would absolutely love that. Unfortunately, though. Uh, don't don't know if there are any video editors out there who just edit videos automatically. I wish. Yeah. 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 For uh, free. <laughs> yeah. For I free. Think, I think yeah. Because that's could... that's the other thing we've got to keep budget in mind. Right. Yeah. The closest we could ever get to that is building all the stuff we edit into the Discord, or into yeah into the Discord call or into OBS. But that would be really hard. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. plus the audio, we we have issues sometimes where the audio quality on Discord just sucks <laughs> and right. so we have to we have to replace it which is why we all record um one thing i want to point out since we were talking about kind of our plans and things we have going this month uh thanks to the generosity of y'all uh each one of us was able to get one of these and this is a t- yeah my nails are painted i have daughters don't, don't think too much <laughs> about it. but anyway we ha- we got these these are uh teleprompters uh, when we had Spawnwave on the on TNT, he recommended these to us because we were talking about uh, that we didn't really know what a good prompter was. So thanks to y'all, each one of us has one of these or has ordered one of these, and yes. it'll help out so much with scripted content, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is definitely a challenge because you don't want to be looking down at something. So I'm hoping that for one of those ideas I mentioned I was sketching out that this will come in handy. Uh, I know that for the idea Derek's working on, one of these will really help. Uh, yep. and, and I haven't Ash ordered is, mine yet, but I'm I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and I know that Ash is also working on reviving a series that started on this channel, which could also probably benefit from that. So hopefully Possibly, we'll, yeah. 
yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have more to show. But we're getting there, and it's thanks to all the support you guys give us. Every little bit helps, and, and yes. I just want to tell you all how much I love you for, for helping us make this channel what it is. 100%. And as you can see, I am better lit. I have been better lit for a couple of weeks now. That That is also thanks to all of you, and, and I've been able to upgrade some of my equipment. I have a new capture card, so... No, I mean, uh, so much of what we've been able to do is has been completely thanks to all of you. So we uh, we we could could possibly never thank you enough. Um, before we go ahead and move on with the news, I know Derek, you're probably ready to go. I do want to mention oh, no. something that happened on Tuesday. And yeah, and I was actually going to bring question. that up because I saw yeah. a question about it. Yeah. So Adam Davis in the chat uh, wants to know: Can you all tell us more about that Safe on Our World partnership? And yes, I can. I'm glad you asked. So yes, on Tuesday at 8 a.m., we announced this uh, official partnership with the mental health and gaming charity safe in our world and uh essentially we have been brought on as one of their official friends slash partners they uh that's we essentially that is them saying they approve of you know our brand and what we do they know we're all about mental health well-being and, and outreach and awareness so they've hooked us up with other content creators who also exist in that space who uh believe that you know mental health in gaming needs to have a spotlight on it and and believe in mental health outreach and support so we will be doing uh mental health focused content with some of these content creators going forward and so you'll you'll see what form that takes as stuff goes up on the channel but yes the whole point of this partnership was to be officially sponsored by a mental health and gaming charity uh which safe in our world is like the preeminent one so that we can bring more mental health focused content to you all while having, you know, the the official endorsement of a charity like this who has, you know, actual mental health practitioners and experts and stuff uh, and folks like that in their wheelhouse. So that's essentially what that is. But that, that that's us trumpeting to everyone that, hey, mental health has been always been one of the foundational pillars of GBG for all three of us, me, Steve and Derek. And we all believe and, and know how important that is. So that will certainly be a focus on our channel going forward. And you can look forward to you know, open discussion of mental health issues, mental health focused content. So that's essentially what we're what what we're looking at there with that partnership. But thank you for asking. Yeah, couldn't yeah. have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know this was a passion project of yours and you spearheaded it, Ash. So it's awesome that it's finally up and running. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I've been lucky enough to work with those folks in the past and they're really wonderful people. And so when we started GBG, I knew that, you know, approaching them with the idea of officially partnering only made too much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to point out something. Just uh, one of our one of our patrons that doesn't often get to join us is here in the chat tonight. Uh, that is Goron Amber. And uh, she said quite a bit earlier at this point that she was uh, getting she took a week off work so that she could. Uh, and so she'll be here with us. Uh, for all three episodes this week and mentioned that she's oh, nice. basically getting paid to uh, eat chicken and watch GVG. So, uh, one, nice. I'm very proud of you. Two, <laughs> same. <laughs> Honestly, same. Uh, so, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here for the episodes this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's that's really cool. We're all uh, very happy you're here. And thank you for joining us and spending some of your week off with us. We know how, how precious that time is. So, so mm -hmm. thank you very much. Very much so. All right. Well, I guess we can go ahead and get to the news because uh, honestly, it's kind of been light. It's weird. We've been yeah. having so much like news, news, news going on, and now not really that much <laughs> going on. Everybody's taking but a break. But I'd say one of the bigger uh, thing uh, bits of news that came out today, and it's 
more of an anniversary because let's go ahead and bring it up. The Switch is officially four years old. Woo. It's been four years since 2017. Ow. Ow. Oh my god! I don't. Even... It doesn't feel like it, does it? It it doesn't. You know, it hasn't. It doesn't, and it hasn't. Even when people said, "Oh, it's the Switch's third birthday." second birthday it didn't feel like it then either there's something about the switch that just continues to keep making it feel not old to me and it, mm. which is ironic compared you know considering the actual tech powering the switch is the oldest of all the major platforms but it doesn't feel like this thing has been out for four years now it just doesn't to me yeah um <laughs> you know i i was thinking back on it and there's so many games from that first year that i still pick up and play very frequently I still, I, Same. I was playing Breath of the Wild this weekend, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just to hop in there because I still love that game. Splatoon 2, I still play. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I still play. Um, and it really doesn't feel like we're going on what used to be considered the traditional length of a console generation. Usually they used to be five years, you know, and then new console. And so the mm-hmm. Switch, you know, by old traditional standards is a very old machine at this point. Didn't the PS3 and Xbox 360 last like eight years? Like yeah. that was a long yeah. console cycle. Yeah, until the HD era, generations were mm. about five years long, and now it's just uh, this last gen was seven, and and the mm. one before that was eight. So yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing, um, but by any stretch, you know, the the Switch is definitely a, a venerable machine now. <laughs> which yeah, is, which is just a weird thing to think about because I think it is one of those things that kind of defies. Uh, you know, age in a weird kind of way. It came out with outdated tech already. And mm-hmm. I think we all just fell in love with it so much that it doesn't feel like it's ripe for replacement or anything like that. And the, it doesn't show its age in in a weird kind of way. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it um, is odd, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's some very good looking games on the switch. They can still impress. Uh, Odyssey looks amazing. Breath of the Wild has a great art style. Um, some of the vistas in Xenoblade Chronicles Two is are, are gorgeous, and yeah, it's 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 amazing how well the system holds up. You know, especially when you get the wizards that get like Tomb Doom running on this thing. It's it's it just doesn't feel possible yet. Somehow it's able to keep up and make its core concepts just still feel so fresh and awesome. You know? Yeah, Dan and Twistle says Luigi's Mansion 3 is absolutely gorgeous. Hell yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Paper Mario the Origami King. I think that is absolutely one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen on any platform. Mm-hmm. The, arts, the art style just shines with the Switch. And this all goes for handheld mode, too. Obviously, some games perform better than others, like Xenoblade 2, Xenoblade in general. Not the best on handheld mode, but still, the fact that a game of, of Xenoblade's massive scale works runs it all and still looks as good as it does on the switch it's pretty pretty impressive dragon quest 11 runs beautifully on the switch it's not it doesn't it doesn't feel like that much of a dip yeah i mean it really me anyway no smash i mean smash looks amazing and on handheld mode too like it's just this thing does not look as old as it feels like it should to me Mm -hmm. i i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how um I think we're going to start feeling it a bit more now. That new consoles have started. I sure. think it's going to it's going to come out of feel like that. I think uh, load load times are going to be the big thing. Yeah. Mm. So I was going to say, you know, four years on, 
uh, the Switch is still a really impressive machine. It it doesn't fail to impress me even after this long. Some of the stuff we see running on it, but I mean, if we're if we're being critical about it, the seams are starting to show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sure. the, Bowser's Fury definitely taxes the Switch to its absolute limits. Uh, you know, you Nintendo has has shown that there are games that they've had trouble optimizing. We talked about Link's Awakening recently Link's Awakening. And, yeah. and how mm-hmm. that runs, you know, for for a Nintendo first-party release, it runs pretty poorly. Um, and I would argue the same is true of Bowser's Fury. For a Nintendo release, it's not as optimized as, as Mario games usually are. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think a big part of that, you know, it, it, it is time. Like, we start, we're in an era now of 4K, 60 FPS, HDR, and zero load time. That is that is a right. big difference, and I think the Switch gets a lot of uh, slack in that regard because it's portable. And you know, right. you, you, again, we talk about this all the time. The PS5, the Xbox Series X, they're really, really big <laughs> by by, <laughs> yeah. by normal console standards. Even they're big, but when sat next to a Switch, they're even that much more gargantuan. You know, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. look at this tiny little tablet that does so much. <laughs> You're so <laughs> yeah. cute. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think the gaming or the the general public gives the Switch a lot of credit and and a well deserved credit because it it is managing to put out games that don't look bad even on a sixty five inch four K TV uh, in this right. tiny package. It's it's almost unthinkable and it, it's surprising because um, you know Nvidia has never partnered with a console manufacturer before to the best of my knowledge and them and Nintendo they've just been killing it from a technological yeah. perspective. And while I am very happy with what we have, I am at a point now where I'm so excited to see where, where this goes from here, how this evolves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as, as much as I'm still impressed by the switch, I will. Yeah. I am more than ready for a switch pro. And of course I'll get one of those day one or as soon as I can possibly get one. Um, but I, but I think a, a huge part of the switch's appeal and just the, the, how impressive it is even four years on for me comes from, not just the fact that it, it still manages to produce games that look good on a 65-inch 4K TV, but the fact that when I use it as a handheld, it still feels feels futuristic to me, like in terms of the visuals. I know the the separation, like the hinges between the, the Joy-Con and the main unit, they, they squeak a little. That doesn't feel or sound great. But just looking at that screen, and just the other day I was playing Super Mario 3D World on it, and I know that's a Wii U game, but that's still a really damn good-looking game. And to have that in a, in a portable format on that screen with as thin and light as the Switch is, to say nothing of something like Paper Mario or Smash or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, that, is, that really impresses me. Like, this, even four years on, still feels like a futuristic handheld to me in a way that's different from something like a, a, a smartphone. Like, I mean, yeah, the tech in the iPhone 11, latest Android phones, amazing tech. Amazing. And... I'm sure it's probably more powerful on paper than what's in the Switch. But what's in the Switch still produces some amazing-looking games to me in a handheld format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it, regardless of, like you said, there are some little things about the experience of playing handheld on the Switch that could be better, like the Joy-Con separation and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But by and large, it is, yeah, it doesn't stop feeling like this impossible thing that you're that you have you know when you see a game like like uh and and i'll to get away from nintendo examples like fast rmx 
I was yeah. blown away by that how fast that game feels, how how technically impressive it is on the Switch. Um, you know, in handheld mode. I remember, you know, I played The Witcher 3 on this damn thing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh-huh. it, it is mm-hmm. really impressive stuff. Uh, you know, to say nothing of Doom and Doom Eternal being on the Switch. I mean, all of that stuff is crazy. It it really feels like as a Nintendo fan, we have this platform where we nothing is out of reach. Anything is actually possible on this thing. And while it may pale in comparison to the PS4 or the Xbox One or now the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles, I mean, there's it's easy to write off that difference when you're able to throw the damn game in your bag and take it to a friend's house. You know, you don't have I to mean, take a hulking tower with you wherever you go. Yeah. Back when we were able to, you know, travel, <laughs> it was amazing to have the switch for plane rides and train rides and just pull it out and play whatever you were playing before. You don't have to like worry about like going too for to a lesser experience. It's just like, oh, now I'm just playing this game in portable mode and there it is. It, it was great. It was it was fantastic to uh be able to do that. I think I think I um on the train ride back from a, an event, I needed. I was tr- in the middle of trying to review the Crash trilogy on the Switch, oh. and I didn't need a lot of footage or anything like that. I just needed to get a sense of how I was playing, and I had been away all day. But it was the the embargo was coming up. I just played it on the train back. <laughs> By the time I was home, I'm like, okay, I'm good to write this thing up. I just need some footage. That's right. you know that's really convenient. Yeah. yeah. It is. And I think another thing that the Switch deserves a ton of credit for is the library it's been able to build up, not just of its own own current gen exclusives, but I'm so blown away by how many pretty big titles from so many different console generations are playable on the Switch all in one go. I mean, you've got you've got some PS1 classics, you've got, you know, Dreamcast games and, and Grand, you know, the Grandia collection, Legend of Mana is coming. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's so many, there are oh, so wait, many collections, Mega Man collections. And I mean, you have so many, all the Sega Genesis classics collection. Like there are just, it's amazing how many, just, how many hits from different console eras. And are so many indies as well. And indies, so, like, so it, many it's crazy. Indies. It's crazy to me that Hades for as big as it was, has only come out on, uh, switch console wise it's pc and switch only like it's crazy we haven't gotten it on other consoles yet considering how much of a uh just major tentpole that is in the indie scene now and then of course we got all the classic ones uh like you know hollow knight that i'm playing now which is amazing and heck even stuff from microsoft in the form of cuphead and the ori games exactly that's it's sort of unreal the amount of games we have access to. Of course, we always want more because we want our Nintendo 64 and GameCube games. But, you know, it's, sure. it just goes to show like how much. Yeah. Like, I remember when the game, when the Switch was on the way out and we didn't know about what Nintendo was going to do um, for a virtual console. I was just like, I, I'm going to get everything. I'm buying everything again on the virtual console. I was prepared to spend so much money to have built up a huge library of, of these classic games to play on the go. I yeah. can't do that, but the urge was yeah. there and they didn't fulfill that urge, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think that Nintendo has done a great job courting developers this time around. I think it also says a lot about just the inherent value proposition of the switch. 
because you know as, as for as <coughs> aggressive as nintendo might be Excuse about me. getting folks to develop for it i also think this is one of their few consoles that doesn't need a whole lot of help to get developers to want to put games out on it, it right there's not the, some gimmick yeah. that they need to figure out yeah this is right. this is i feel the the level of success nintendo wanted for the wii i know that the wii sold more units but the attach rate on the switch has to be astronomically higher how many mm-hmm. Wii's were sold just for Wii Sports and then, you know... That's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Right. I, I feel mm-hmm. like people are buying the Switch because they're, like you alluded to, Ash, There's the library has something for everyone. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned Mega mm-hmm. Man. Derek, you mentioned Final Fantasy. I can get Street Fighter 2 yeah. and 3 on this thing. Like, mm-hmm. every flavor of Street Fighter 2, including one that is exclusive to Switch, which is just right. wild. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just... Uh, whatever kind of gamer you are that there's something on the switch for you to play you you like tactics rpgs there's disgaea on here you like uh, traditional rpgs there's freaking final fantasy 7 <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah. which i never thought i'd see the day <laughs> i mean now i'm by, we got 7 8 9 10 and 12 on this system let's yeah. get one and through 10 six. Too. yeah yeah and 10 too let's get one through 6 yeah, yeah exactly. Let's. I'm still waiting for Chrono Trigger, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I think it was someone in the chat, I think Jake Pelka said, Diablo 2 is coming to Switch. I mean, we're even getting like PC mainstay classics on the Switch yeah. now. And it's just wild to me how how many great games from every generation of gaming. And of course, there can always be more. But it feels like we already are staring at an embarrassment of riches every time we open the eShop. It's just... Between indies and classic well, games, the Switch's current-gen exclusives. Um, now we just need a good yeah. way to actually find those games because there's yeah, also the a lot of crap yeah. on the eShop. Yeah. And as some in the chat were, were mentioning, there are issues like Joy-Con Drift. I mean, certainly the Switch is not unassailable. Far oh, from it. Not perfect. Not even close to it. But I, I do think that what it has been able to accomplish in four years and the fact that it still manages to feel not that old despite some of those issues like Drift is just... it. it it's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, hmm. it is. I'm, I'm very, I don't think I've ever been more satisfied with Nintendo than I have been this generation. I feel like Nintendo fans are eating really well. These last few, they years. are especially compared to the Wii U days. That's for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I might be able to say like SNES, but you know, I was a kid and didn't have an SNES at the time, but imagine if I was this age and knowing what I did now about games, like, Holy crap, there's so many good games coming out here. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's probably fair. The SNES was... I, I didn't get one until several years into its life, but good lord. Like, that oh, the it SNES. makes sense. Nintendo yeah. ruled the, the U.S. market with the NES. And so when they came out with their follow-up, of course, everyone jumped at the opportunity, you know, thanks to uh, the goodwill the NES had. The SNES was, as we all know, an incredible console in its own right it was incredible yeah i don't think that you i don't think nintendo has ever stuck a follow-up as well as they did with the with (laughs) nes to snes like i think you're right it's still my favorite console of all time i mean it's just the snes to me was just like you know i was was also the right age for it it was during my formative years i you know i i look back on the snes days so fondly and i know of course that a lot of those games would land differently with the modern audience than, than they did us growing up but the SNES still, to me, is like peak Nintendo. But the Switch is, I think the Switch for me is the closest they've come since, to be honest. That makes yeah, sense. I agree with that. 
and now yeah. just mm-hmm. give us all our it's, retro games. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. Let's play those other games. Like, yeah, they might not hit the same way as the you know N64 and GameCube might not have hit the same way, but we still want to play those classics because there's a lot of good games on those systems as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, oh well. Um, Adam Davis says DS to 3DS wasn't anywhere near successful, but the 3DS was no slouch. And that's I'm glad you said that because I I do feel like sometimes the 3DS gets a little bit glossed over. Um, just kind of in general, especially prior to its relaunch, as it were. Uh, but yeah, I, the 3DS, I actually think, is a bit underrated, and it's a, it's a great system as well. Mm. But um, Akil P says, I don't know about that, Ash. So many SNES games hold up super well. And I agree with you. I'm just saying that I, I don't, I can't claim to know how kids in today's generation see games like that. I, I can't claim to, to think that they would see that the same way that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. visuals go a long way these days. And that's a bit of a different context for when we were growing up. So I hear you though. I don't think they've, I I think they hold up incredibly well these days. Mm, Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Happy birthday, uh, switch. And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to that. Bring that up. All right. Capcom has changed. Uh, is it Hong uh, Hong Kong's flag? And I didn't realize Capcom, Capcom yeah. has changed Hong Kong's flag in the Capcom Arcade Stadium version of the Super Street Super Street Fighter Two Turbo to the Chinese flag. That's the yikes. I that's what you have here, Ash. But honestly, I'm looking at this and I've read a little bit about it. It's not the Chinese flag. Somebody colored that in themselves. It's they just got rid of the the Rising Sun. No. Uh, they, they, oh, you know what? This goes to the wrong. Oh, I didn't realize this goes to the wrong uh, twi- tweeter, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter thread. So, yes, there is a there is an innocent edit made at E-Honda's stage, the background of E-Honda's stage as well. But uh, the flag associated with Fei Long on the character select screen oh. has indeed been changed from the Hong Kong flag to the Chinese flag. So, oh, I okay. Yeah, now that's my bad with the link. See, I went to E Honda. I'm like, oh yeah, they moved the rising <laughs> no. sun. Like, and then I was like, wait a second, E Honda's yeah, yeah, not yeah. E Honda's not Chinese. He's Japanese. Right. He's Japanese. And they yeah, went to the rising the sun because of trying made. to. Well, th- th- that's the thing right. is, it looks like in both these cases they're trying to appeal to the Chinese audience because the rising sun has a not so great connotation with the uh, with uh, the Chinese. <laughs> that's right with China. It is not great. Um. And yeah, this is definitely them appealing to China with Ch- like, getting I mean, rid of the Hong, yeah. Hong Kong flag. And like There's the E just... Honda stage change is one thing that's that could be seen as somewhat innocent, but straight up changing Fei Long's flag from Hong Kong to China, not a good look. Not a good look. It, it isn't, but that's the thing. You have to. You, there's, there's so many yeah, things people I mean, do to appeal to China. Right. Right. I'm trying yeah. to get that on screen because the image is cropped. Of course, Twitter, Twitter excuses the change. Of, of course. Um, Jacob, you says the game goes for historical accuracy. So it's, there's like, like there's a fighter from the USSR still. I mean, yeah, Zang, Zangief, but Russia isn't as big as China. Chinese, China is a massive market. Well, that you want I, to, be right. able to appeal to. I think the point he's making is that, this change to the flag flies in the face of that historical accuracy. Oh, it absolutely does. Because, it absolutely does. Yeah, but it's it, a business sense because China is a little fickle. And like, I believe it was Avengers age of Ultron that added a, or some, some Marvel uh, movies. When they go to China, they have an extra completely useless five minutes of stuff that they have where Chinese people are involved in this. Uh, the, the, 
events and they get involved in it. It's like, you know, got to show how great China is real quick. Yeah. You know, I, I like to remind people on this show and just about everywhere else that corporations aren't your friends. They don't no, like you. No, they don't no. care about you. They want your money. And there are over a billion people in China and they want their money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've said it on this channel before. If everyone that subscribed to us uh, supported us at Patreon for just one dollar, uh, we could we could do everything we dream for this channel and, and more. Imagine if there were one point five billion. Um, right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not defending the that what Capcom oh, no. has done here, but when you when you remember when you remember that at its right. core every corporation is terrible and just wants cash, then then you realize, <laughs> yeah. oh hey, okay, of course they're going to change this flag for one of the biggest gaming markets on earth. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I did just post a, a screen grab, by the way, Steve, in the chat. If you want, if you want to still grab it, but you don't. Oh, I, to. I already fixed but, it on screen. Oh, you did. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, the tweet and, just below this shows that, of course, while they did this for, uh, while they did this for Hong Kong, they did not modify Zangief's flag to be historic. You right, know, it's still historically accurate. And, um, and as Ishi that- Dragon mentions, uh, they don't have to appeal to the 1.5 billion people in China. They have to appeal to appease the government, which yeah. they have to do that because I, otherwise they can't sell to the 1.5 billion people in China. Yeah, right. China is right. notorious for censorship and, and for blocking yeah. products they don't agree with. So, yeah, I get it. They don't I, get I, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's because yeah. Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. Right. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, you know, they, they have to, of course weigh each business decision you know the, the the good versus the bad and of course it makes sense that they want to appeal to the chinese market but given the current political backdrop of, of things over there it is it's a shame but as you said steve it, it is important to always to remember for this reason and so many others that businesses at the end of the day are they exist to make money they don't exist to be your friend and there i think there are ways to to make money and do it in a an ethical way or a way that is as ethical as possible uh, with good faith intentions, but still, at the end of the day, a business isn't a business if it's not making money, right? So mm-hmm. that's just kind of what the bottom line with stuff like this. But it really is just kind of a kind of an unfortunate thing that that Capcom did here, even if it does make an unfortunate yeah. business sense. It, it, it's it's something they had to do, I'm sure, but it's still like uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, XQ Jonah in the chat says, Steve is now banned in China. Uh, probably. <laughs> we might all be at this point. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Good vibes are not allowed in China. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? That would be, as as much as, you know, politically, uh, there is a lot of stuff to dislike about China. On Being completely real, I would just love to go someday. I mean, I, I've seen enough of the country... Mm-hmm on youtube that that mm. i'm like man i would love to just check it out you know i would love to travel almost any place um but but china is really high up on the list uh right. but yeah it's, it's i mean the country's whatever. gorgeous it's just you know yeah it's like the, completely separate from the gut from the government <laughs> yeah exactly right. um adam davis brings up a, an interesting question it says do you guys see gbg under that corporate sense though i hope not i uh, mean certainly absolutely not i yeah i mean yeah, because yeah, I, we're not a corporation, so yeah. Well, right. well, legally, well, we kind of legally, are. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so in in everything but the legal sense, I don't think any of us at tr- approach this as a corporate entity, right? Um, no. we, you know, there there are things we could do, things I'm certain we could do right now to make money, uh, that we would not agree with, <laughs> that we would we would feel <laughs> gross about doing. 
I'm, right. I'm certain that were I to pursue certain opportunities, I could make this channel more money than it's making, but I'd have to compromise yeah. my ideals to do that, and I will never fucking do that. Not, a never. really good example of that is is the way that we turn Super Chats off for our monthly community streams. You guys are all are already graciously supporting us on Patreon. We're not going to try to ask for more money while we're streaming and delivering something that we already said we promised you for what you're mm. already giving us. So stuff like that. Yes, we're a business, and yes, we need to stay afloat, but we're, we're not the kind of people, we're only three people, right? We're not an entity, and we're not about sacrificing our ethics to just squeeze more money out of you. That's not what we're about here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. <laughs> not mean, paid, by the way, but by Yakuza 7. Yeah, <laughs> we're saying this is <laughs> this literal corporate stuff. That's so on funny. On top of my head. <laughs> That's so good. I, I didn't think about I, I, I honestly yeah. did not. I got the game and I got this stuff. It's just sort of like, hey, check I out Yakuza yeah, 7, which, me, hey, it's a good game. So money. We don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't that's know. true. Uh, well, <laughs> with that said, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. And the Yikes continues. So Hogwarts Legacy, in response to all the stuff going on, especially their, uh, what it was, executive producer or whatever it was, I forget, uh, is going to feature a trans-inclusive character, is going to feature trans-inclusive character creation, despite J.K. Rowling being a turf and one of its producers being a Gamergate supporter. This is definitely a, <laughs> hey, ignore this, still support us, help us out. And the thing is, for most of that... um you know, most of the developers, it's entirely possible because it's not just one person or one other thing. But boy, Hogwarts I, Legacy seems cursed. I love this. I love this so much because I, in my mm-hmm. mind, in my mind, I just picture like the boss from Office Space walking up to this Gamergate asshole's cubicle, like sipping his coffee. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need you to code trans characters into the game. And he's like, but yeah. my beliefs. And he's like, no, just do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I, I love, love the idea that, that that having to do that, having to include you know trans representation in this game is keeping this guy up at night. And, and should that ever find its way to JK Rowling is going to keep her up at night. Oh, that yeah. just makes me, it gives me life mm-hmm. knowing that that angers them. Like, when he gets back home, they're like, how was your day at work? And he's like, I had to give people equal rights today. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, is, so the thing is, this didn't even appease anybody because it is it is treat, being viewed as the Band-Aid and... Yeah, yeah no, the damage it has is, been done yeah. to this game. I just yeah. like the idea that it's really irking the shitty people that are working on the game. Same. Mm-hmm. The, the schadenfreude is what I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm yeah. glad, of course, I'm glad that the option is there. It should be there. It should always have been there. And I'm not going to judge you if you decide to, you know, play this game regardless of J.K. Rowling and everything. I won't be playing it. But I am glad that, that people who do still want to enjoy this universe can do so with this option included in the game. But I, I personally just can't. I do love Harry Potter. I've, I've watched all the movies, and it's a shame because I it's hard for me to divorce my past love for Harry Potter with what we now know the people involved with it, or at least J.K. Rowling, who she is, and 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 how that's all played out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I, it's I something else. Want... I've seen some people who do want to try this out this game think saying, "Yeah, I'll just wait till it's used. That way, the money doesn't go to her." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, that is a great strat. Like, if you want to play this game, buy it, buy it secondhand. 
Some, yeah, let, exactly. You know, let somebody else spend, give the money directly to the publisher and then, you know, buy it for like 20 bucks at GameStop or something. Um, right. The the thing that I, I'm, I'm happy that I have no love for Harry Potter. I don't hate or love the Harry Potter series. Um, I was already like work in the workforce when it came out. So I stocked the shelves with the book and I was like, man, mm. people really like these books. I'm going to not buy it on principle because that's <laughs> who I was when I was 19 years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I get that, you know, my wife loves Harry Potter. Uh, my kids love Harry Potter and it is really tough because, you know, you don't know, you, you don't know, jk rowling's proclivities or, or we we, knew, we didn't know that she was a terrible human being until t- it was too late right so many yeah. people <laughs> fell in love with yeah. her work and yeah it's i i've seen some uh examinations of her stuff in hindsight and oof she does yeah. not like fat people <laughs> like if you look at her writing and how she treats fat people in both uh old writings and current it's like oof oh, yeah there's there there are definitely in hindsight there are some some problematic uh components of at least the the past Harry Potter stories. I'm not familiar with her work outside of it, but yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate how all that has turned out. But it's it's also worth noting that it isn't all just talking about how terrible J.K. Rowling is. Shadow Imposter brings up a great point. Can we talk about Warner Brothers not caring about Troy Levitt's background when hiring him? Yeah, that's also yeah yeah a really bad look on Warner Brothers and yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was able to hide that during the interview process somehow. I mean, maybe it's Warner Brothers just didn't do their due diligence in researching what he's all about. But unfortunately, I think the truth is they probably did research it and just didn't care. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, background yeah. checks turn up. I, I had a friend who was uh, fired from, well, not fired, but not hired. Uh, for running a YouTube channel where he told really off-color jokes, like nothing, nothing racist or you know stuff mm-hmm. that is, but you know just dirty jokes, like sex jokes, stuff mm-hmm. like sure. that. And uh, his, you know, they found it during a routine background check, and were like, "Hey, man, you run this really nasty YouTube channel. Can you take it down, or you know, or else we can't offer you the job?" And he was like, "Well, I'm not going to take down my YouTube channel. I enjoy doing it, and it should have nothing to do with my work." And they're like, "All right, well, no offer for you. Fine." Um, right. So somebody hiring someone for a high profile position uh developing a harry potter game you know like something that is yeah. that is going to reach millions of children uh yeah they definitely looked into it i i i can't imagine a world where they didn't um and the other thing is if they didn't and then all this came out i mean any con any company with a good conscience would can the guy immediately and and put out a statement like oh my god you know we didn't know about this we're really sorry he's gone you know and yeah i agree that it speaks to the scruples of the folks at warner brothers that that they seem not to care um Mm -hmm. and it sucks and i really want to point out because so many of the folks in the chat have said this while we've been going over this story being trans or, or having the ability to be trans in a game absolutely should not be news it, it shouldn't be news. totally yeah, yeah. it's just it, it that's should be the way it is default option you know i i can't believe i have to say this in 2021 <clears throat> uh trans people are valid all people are valid yeah. um you know and i hate the fact i 
fucking hate the fact that that's something that is considered like oh that you're so progressive yeah letting people wanting people to exist the way they want to exist yeah yeah that makes you an sjw everybody should be an sjw in the sense that ever social justice should be you know equality should be ubiquitous no i mean i'll just yeah i mean obviously we're all of that persuasion and that and that mindset but i'll never understand the the line of thinking that allows somebody to be upset that somebody is getting equal rights or or is getting representation or just being validated their existence being validated that's just yeah it should not be a controversial thing it should not be news but no it no, still it is in be... 2021 somehow and that just dread just uh, makes me so angry <laughs> like you steve just thinking right. about it makes me <clears throat> but it is what it is <laughs> what else can you say yeah, really it's just yeah. teach the next generation that's all we can do that's all yeah. we can do is just make raise it better, better for the next people year. to replace the ones that suck <laughs> yes <laughs> yes exactly. that is that is the idea yeah all right well let's go ahead and move on to our next topic which is uh definitely less controversial <laughs> <laughs> even though that shouldn't be con- well uh so, first four figures has revealed a life-size Metroid Prime Samus helmet, and pre-orders are now open for it. And, uh, damn. <clears throat> it looks... Yeah. <laughs> first four figures is a lot of really nice stuff, so this doesn't surprise me, but this is a damn nice helmet. And, mm-hmm. yeah, if I had room for it, I mean, I I, I would want it, sure. They also yeah, have an Okami it's... statue. Honestly, it kind of looks like, uh, well, I killed Samus and mounted her head, so I'm going to display this. But apparently it comes in standard and exclusive versions. And the exclusive versions basically mean it features means it features LED functionality for the visor and dots around the base. Uh, also, the first four figure says that the mount on the base with, uh, where the helmet rests can now be ma- manually rotated a full 360 degrees, giving you the option to display your base in an X-shaped pattern as opposed to the fixed plus sign shape of the standard edition. Um, cool. And yes. then just even more stuff like it. there's no <laughs> sign of how much it's actually going to cost yet from what I can tell. Yeah. I, um, go ahead, Steve. I really want to know, can you wear it? <laughs> I, Can you it wear doesn't it? seem like it. It yeah, does it not look like, like it. it. All right, hold on. We do know it's not shipping until uh, first quarter of 2022, so it's a year out. I need to have. Uh, but the base it's mounted on is actually the, the design of it replicates the save stations in Metroid Prime. That's so. so cool. That's a cool. Um, that's a cool touch. Those of you who are considering pre-ordering this, they do have a price up. I just clicked through the pre-order the pre-order page. They are discounting this thing from 534 US dollars and 99 cents. To four hundred and eighty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents. So you can get this thing for four eighty-five. As uh, much as a PS Five, and yeah. maybe, and maybe yeah, just as hard to PS5. get. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I well, I imagine this will probably be a little easier to get because I don't, you know, I don't think as many people are going to be trying to get this uh, anywhere near as many people are going to be trying to get this as a PS Five. But still, as beautiful as this is, and first four figures stuff is always beautiful. I don't know if I could drop. 500 bucks mm. on this i just don't know yeah. if i yeah i don't know uh, if i could drop 500 on a collectible helmet i can't wear <laughs> yeah, wear yeah. The, what is yeah. it with, with the collectibles industry and getting iconic characters making their helmets and making them impossible to put on i would wear this during sex 
I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Samus helmet stays on during sex. Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a, 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 a visual I did not wake up thinking Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving on, Skull Kid Tiger says that they do have payment plans, so there is that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man. Oh, Doodle says you could wear the Doom Eternal helmet, so. Oh, you could. Man, I actually might need to go get that. Although, I, I don't know if you want to wear that when the tagline is rip and tear. <laughs> that is also a good point. Wow, I, is... I will say the Mega Man helmet is wearable. There is a life-size Mega Man helmet that I that I got that is that is wearable. Um, That's a I will not say order. that I would wear it during sex, but it is wearable. Ash, come on now. You really want to lie on on the show? We know. Oh, you caught, we know you've you caught me during sex. Oh man, you caught me there. Yeah, caught me <laughs> oh, red-handed. <my. laughs> oh god. Ash just shows up in his chonies, helmet on, Mega Buster on one hand, and his in his, his Mega Man Kini. Classy yeah, Mudkip says goes great with a Mega Man Kini. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, this is just this oh, is, is post show content, man. This is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we got to let people know what what they pay for on Patreon. You know, we got to let the yeah. YouTube audience True. know what they could get in the post show. If you want more of this spicy <laughs> hot content, then yeah, you know where to go for the. For the post show. If you don't, don't support us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, man. it's cool. There's no way I'm spending that much money, but it's yeah, cool. No, it, it is, is cool. It, taking it serious for a moment, it is dramatically overpriced. There's it, mm. it, the value proposition. Even if it was wearable, I wouldn't pay 500 bucks. That's uh, 300 is probably the top I would go for I don't even like know that. if I could go that, justify that much. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I will say I, I'm confident you get what you pay for with with these guys. Oh, like, yeah. I think you absolutely would would feel that $500 radiating off that beautiful helmet when you set it up and have it plugged in at all times. But still. You I, know, I, I think yeah. I'd spend that amount of money if they got me a recreation of the Vampire Killer, which I don't think has been done. But that would be freaking sweet. That'd be pretty cool. I don't or if I, could get like a, if I could get like a, a life-size realistically weighted like an actual keyblade like like one that's like really professionally made as if a keyblade was a real thing i might have to drop a few uh, some good money on that that'd be pretty cool i think for me the the thing that i would be most comfortable spending 500 bucks on is a really really good recreation of the master sword that, that, would too. Be, mm, yeah. uh, that too like like yeah. a real it, especially if it came with a hylian shield like if it was the combo of the two things i would be oh man i used to own those and funny story my car got stolen. I had I had parked it in a parking oh, lot overnight and oh, gone with man. a friend because we were having drinks. And so I left my car like a responsible person should. And I got my designated driver's car. They brought me back to my to where I parked my car and it was gone. And I called oh. the police. I filed the report. Two weeks later, they found my car. Everything about the car was completely intact. But the person that stole my car stole my Master Sword and Hylian Shield out of my <laughs> trunk. That was the only oh. thing they took. That's the only thing. That's terrible. Uh, it really is. They like ditched uh, my car. They're like, sweet. I got the Zelda sword from this dork. Oh, <laughs> man. Left my car. Suck it, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a similar thing happen. I may have even said this on, on the show of several several episodes back, but I had my entire CD book of uh, video game music, like CDs, mm. stolen out of my car during a semester of college. and. Oh. And it was like a, it was one of those thick CD books, and it like had my entire collect hundreds of soundtracks worth of CDs in this this book. But and, and so it hurt, and it still hurts. Of course, it never won't hurt. But I do still derive some enjoyment from the fact that 
whatever asshole stole my stole my music thought he was getting like this treasure trove of CDs he could probably sell. And then he opens up. He's like, "The fuck is Mark Super Mark <laughs> Mega Man Chrono Trigger Final Fantasy? What?" What Maybe he saw it as like score for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, for us it would be a huge score, but I, it makes me happy knowing that he couldn't sell any of that. Mm. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. All right, Smash Ultimate's Twitter account has revealed that the version 11.0 update is dropping on the same day as the Pyra and Mithra presentation, you know, tomorrow. Right. So it's very, very possible that uh, we'll be playing as Pyra and Mithra come tomorrow night. Oh, because yeah. I don't oh, think man. it's going to be. I think I think it's coming. If they do drop, I don't think it's going to be directly after the presentation. They'll definitely wait until the typical release time. So, uh, I will say for clarification, the, the translation I'm looking at says delivered in the near future, but that usually means the next day or so, given when, uh, this is for the Japanese smash Twitter oh, okay. account, by the way, not the, not the, uh, Western one. So it's from the Japanese smash Twitter account and the translation I'm looking, looking at is that version 11.0 will be delivered in the near future. But given when they usually tweet that out, that probably does mean tomorrow, uh, or at the very least within the next few days but i'm thinking it is probably going to be tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I mean i i would not be surprised it makes right. sense uh it feels so soon after sephiroth that's the thing it, it, like it does it feels crazy soon i didn't think we'd get the next character until like at least delivered until maybe end of april or mid-april i didn't expect it early march for sure so um good on them for, for keeping to such an aggressive development timeline I know I personally hope that uh, if Pyra and Mithra are dropping tomorrow, I do hope it is at the usual 5 or 6 p.m. Pacific time because, as we've teased before, if we can, we're having a discussion with Roger's base immediately following the presentation, but we won't be able to do that if their shadow dropped at the end of the presentation. So we'll see what happens. I don't think they will be. I agree with you, Derek. I think it's probably going to be, if anything, tomorrow night as soonest. But yeah. mm-hmm. hopefully that's the case. Uh, Angel Martinez says Steven Sephiroth were two months apart, so it's not that surprising. That's, man. That's true. But I can, when you consider they have two more left to deliver before the end of, end of the year, I just feel like, you know, I felt like they had a little grace period in terms of they could push it to April and still have around mm-hmm. four months for the other two characters as well. Oh, oh one. We're, 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 we're definitely reacting to this thing. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we are. Don't yes. Please be yeah. there with us tomorrow morning. We'll, we we'll are react, live We'll react to it, and then and Roger's doing his own reaction, of course. Yeah. And then we'll get together afterwards and share our thoughts. Right. Um, Physically Coyd, I don't know. Do you want to answer this question, Derek? Is, they're asking Roger's base as the guest for Friday, presumably to talk about no. Tyra and Mithra, but... No, no. Roger's not the guest for Friday. Right. Chugga Conroy's the guest for Friday. Friday. Hell yes. So we're going to so have We've secured the dose. two biggest Xenoblade fans, so... yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a triple dose of like Xenoblade Ultra hype between you and Roger and uh, Chugga. That's going to be a mm. lot of fun. Yeah, it is. So um, I'm, Adam I'm looking Davis, forward to seeing this presentation. Oh, same here, man. Uh, Adam Davis asking a, a pointed question. Will Ash sleep through it again? No, I am making sure my phone is 100 <laughs> charged. The no, return of Carbed hey, Ash. I admit it. No, no, no. I, I will not let my phone die and, and thus not play my alarm again. That was a terrible mistake i made for pokemon and that will not be happening tomorrow morning so you will see me bright and early at six in the morning for sure i just 
You should set your alarm to the "Don't Forget Me" meme from Xenoblade Two. <laughs> oh God, you're right. That's true. Uh, Jared Edinger, Ash, are you really going to react to this at six a.m.? You, you asked that as as if I haven't reacted to other characters and Smash things at six a.m. That's just what mm-hmm. you do when you, you react do, to you Nintendo get, stuff. You get Uber. That's just kind of part of the coffee. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. actually going to do that. <laughs> I'm excited though. Like for me, like I like Pokemon, but it's still kind of like a drag for me to have to like get up super early in the morning for a Pokemon stream. Smash, mm. I will pay Sakurai to have me be up at six in the morning for one of his presentations. That's how much uh, I enjoy him. I enjoy them. I'm looking forward to it, man. Real, real quick. I mean, um, predictions. Who do we, as far as me, me characters? Who do we think is going to be me characters? Because uh, Nia. Nia. Yeah, I think Nia's, Nia's, sure. a, Nia's an in. Maybe Morag, more likely Zeke. I would say Zeke is likely. Yeah. yeah. Zeke and Nia for sure. Maybe a Dromark hat, like a Dromark mask or something. Oh, oh classy cool. Mudkip, a Cosmos one would be amazing. Oh, God. Cosmos would be hype. I would yeah, totally would. buy a Cosmos Mii Fighter costume. Oh, right. Uh, oh, is Nia already a costume? Oh, I completely bad. forgot about that. Okay. Then maybe then... maybe Elma. Or, well then, hey, Morag, I love Morag, so give me a Morag me costume. Yeah, Morag. Yeah, Elmo would be cool, though. That would be kind of a nice Elma. surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering that. if there's any chance we'll get some Xenoblade X music. Like, uh, obviously we're going to get mostly Xenoblade 2 music, It's, which it's is hard great. to say because there's so much Xenoblade 2 and Torna music that they could use, so... That's true, Torna. And we're definitely getting some Torna music, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Melia uh, costume. That'd be cool. Melia, Yeah. Yeah, that's um, who I was looking for just now. I'm I'm not the most familiar with all the blade names in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles too, but she was the one I was thinking of that would be good. Maybe mm-hmm. Jin and Jin and or Malice for costumes. Maybe they don't go that deep too often, so I think we'll get right. you know one or two uh, Xenoblade costumes. I don't think it's going to be an entire set. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if this will be the time. I honestly, especially after playing Hollow Knight, a Hollow Knight swordsman makes so much sense. Yeah. I, I, I especially the if you Hollow get some Knight music Because holy crap, there's some amazing songs in Hollow Knight. Fought yeah. this, uh, I fought this guy named Grimm, and his theme is freaking amazing when you're fighting him. You know, I would um, love a Hollow Knight costume or an Ori costume. Get some Ori yeah. music in there. I'm sorry, I was thinking of Pandoria is who I'd like as. Oh, as Pandoria! Costume. That's Zeke's. That's Zeke's blade. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would love um, a Pandoria costume. She's she's one of my favorites. That would be cool for sure. There was something. What was it? I was going to say uh, for me. Oh yeah. I so even though we have Shovel Knight as an assist trophy, and I think that's always going to be super cool. I still want a premium Shovel Knight costume that just comes with. Just any song from Shovel Knight. Just mm-hmm. give me one song from that amazing soundtrack in this game, please. So I would like to see that. And it, it does feel like kind of a weirdly missing thing. Again, he's in as an assist trophy, but Shovel Knight is like so ubiquitous now. He's he's in every indie crossover. He he made he's a, he's an Arby's now. It just feels like he should have a Me Fighter costume. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I love Maybe. that that is one of the qualifiers. He's at Arby's now. Hey, <laughs> take what you can get, right? Uh, um, oh, that's perfect! Akil P, Smash the Earth, a Strike the Earth remix for for uh, Smash. Ooh, there you that go. That would be perfect. I that would it. be really cool. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I I saw some people saying Lloyd, and it's possible, but for whatever reason, I don't think they're going to show Lloyd. No, I, same. I I think he has a. I think Lloyd has a decent chance mm-hmm. of 
getting in there. Granted, it'll be the third anime sword fighter in this uh, in know, this right? DLC. I love it, but whatever. Yeah, screw it. Well, that that would make two more anime sword fighters coming because we already know Sora is the last character. So if we're oh, of course, Lloyd and Sora, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, um, but yeah, as, as many have said, the assist trophy costumes are totally possible since you know Bomberman got his costume and he was a he's a assist trophy as well. Right. Yeah. So. All I know is I'm hyped to find out Sakurai presentations, especially since we know that this is the third to last one, probably, likely, that we're ever going to get for this game. I'm just going to enjoy it and and just soak up every second because it isn't just about what we learn. It's it's also about Sakurai's unique presentation style and just how much I enjoy watching him present information about his games because he's so passionate, right? So that's part of it for me is not just the reveals, but just soaking this up because this might be the third to last smash ultimate Sakurai presentation we ever get. And that's a sad thought. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, uh, where is it? Octopuppet mentions Lloyd and monster hunter are the only missing me fighters from smash four. So they're expecting a Lloyd costume back. They cut to come mm, back. Yeah. Could it end Lloyd, up with yeah. Mon- man, a monster hunter fighter would get people hyped as well. Yeah. I mean, Lloyd and monster hunter, both are, are certainly higher up on the list of, I think potential, remaining characters for some people. Mm. I don't know. I, I got my Pyro and Mithra, which is my one, my really big, please let it happen. The only yeah. other one I really have left um, that I think is maybe possible. Cause I, I'd be hyped as you Ash, if Sora got in, but I just don't have my hopes where you're at. Sure. I still hope, have hope that Shantae will be our Indian representative, representative and get in there. That would be so, so cool. That would be cool. I don't know if I see it. Ha- I I, but I don't my, know if it's possible. I know she has decent. Yeah. Uh, she, I know she has decent traction in Japan. So I'm I'm hoping. True. My my hope for both Shantae and Sora has has diminished considerably. Mm-hmm. I, I I still believe Sora is possible, but I I think it's less likely than ever just because of the rumors we've heard about Disney, essentially shutting those discussions down. That doesn't yeah. mean that that Nintendo couldn't try multiple times and maybe they they can work something out. But as it stands, even though Sora is my last remaining like plausible dream character i'm i'm not as hopeful as i was you know mm-hmm. last year at this time or even half a year ago that he's actually gonna make it but i think there's still a chance you know oh, like yeah. a one percent chance for sure we'll see yeah all right well let's go ahead and move on to our final topic of the night speaking of rpgs the Chrono, Chrono and Zeno series composer Yasunori Mitsuda is starting a large-scale recording project next month, but we don't know what it's actually going to be. Right. So, hmm. And there is past precedent to be hyped for this because Mitsuda did, uh, a few years ago, tweet out when he, uh, before he started working on the Xenoblade 2 soundtrack, he tweeted, he tweeted out about it. So, of course, this time he's not saying what he's actually working on, but... You know, the, the, the exact quote is, we have a large-scale recording session coming up in April, and the music sheets are scattered all over the studio. It's been a long time since we've had a three-piece band, so the number of instruments is quite large. So whatever he's working on, this man is a genius. He's one of my favorite composers of all time. I, 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 whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to be great, but I do hope that it's something that would get us hyped, like a new Xenoblade. I'm not going to say it could a new be a chrono, new Xenoblade. I, I the other thing is it could be is we've seen that concept art for so long for that other Monolith Soft game that looks a little bit little bit more Western in its True. design. Maybe finally get a reveal of that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but I don't know. You have no idea what that is. But yeah, Xenoblade Three. Yes, please. I'll take that. 
Right, yeah. Now, he was also the composer for only the first Mario Party. He specifically composed Mario Party 1, so this could be a Mario Party 1 remake or oh, Mario God. Party 11 or 12 or whatever the hell it is now. Oh, that would be no, so No, of course funny. not, but right, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be hilarious. Yeah. But, West Egg uh, says, yeah. for reference, Xenoblade 2's music was done in the March before it released, nine months later. So that could mean... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> could you imagine, yeah. just in a world that... Chrono Trigger gets remade and is this year's Christmas game on the Switch like the big release on the <laughs> oh, Switch man. for the holidays is a Chrono Trigger remake. Chrono it's... Trigger remade by Monolith Soft would be something. It's not something I'd ever expect, but that would be something. I I would be not not well. I, I would have to I I'd have to go take a walk and just get my hype out. I, I couldn't sit here and and just, <laughs> yeah, I, just I would screaming. I would be losing my mind if something like that ever happened. The next episode of mm-hmm. TNT, Ash's wall is just full of holes. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. punching everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I... Yeah, I don't mm. I don't know what I would do. Honestly, I don't want to get people's hopes up because it, it's No, of course. It's no. probably not that. Almost certainly not that, but god damn if it was. I mean I'd be happy with another <laughs> Xenoblade just because Chronicles 2 was was good enough to get me into the series. So I would like to see how they follow Xenoblade 2 up. That would be mm-hmm. exciting for me mm-hmm. at this point. Um, anything else? Like, I, I don't really know much of his work beyond that. So I don't really have a whole ton of opinions on this. But, I mean, it it, it looks like a lot of music. It's got to be a big project, whatever it is. Because that picture right. that accompanied it was just cheap music everywhere. So, Right. Hmm. Somebody yeah, grab a hold of the... Uh... Uh... The the music. Look at those sheets and see what the music is. Try to recreate it so we can maybe get a sense. Right. <laughs> oh my god! This is I kind love, of a quick. Oh, good. I love this. Angel Martinez in the chat says, uh, "Maybe it's a Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Saiyans remake." Monolith made that, by the way. Is yeah, you didn't know that. True? Monolith Soft made Attack of the Saiyans on the I, DS, which oh, was right. a pretty decent game. I had no idea. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so hilarious. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Oh man. Uh, even Lucario mentioning he also did Kid Icarus Uprising. He did. Oh. He, he was one of many composers on Kid Icarus Uprising. He, uh, one of the songs he did, which I love, is the boss theme. Mm. Which is like one of the best songs in that game, which is saying a lot because that soundtrack's amazing. He also did, uh, of course, you said all you know, Xenogears and, and uh, Xenosaga Episode 1, uh, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. Uh, he also did the Shadow Hearts games, which if you haven't played mm. either Shadow Hearts 1 or 2 on the PS2, play those games. They're amazing. Uh, he also composed a game that I reviewed for Game Explain called Stella Glow for the DS, a tactical RPG. Um, he worked on Final Fantasy XV Episode Ignis, um, Xenoblade Torna, or Xenoblade 2 Torna. He did the Versus Marks and uh, Pikmin 2 World Map remixes in Smash Brawl. Um, so he's done a bunch of stuff. Do you know this off the top of your head? Are you looking at a wiki? I know a, a, bit, a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. I know a lot of it <laughs> off the top of my head, and I'm just, I'm just looking at a list. Because I know you I know you have, like, a huge knowledge base for this, but you're cranking these out like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the first half or, or first maybe 60% all from my, my head, and then the last 40% maybe were from this Wikipedia list. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. Man, that'd be something if uh, that's the reason Sakurai is pushing out these uh, – these uh dls this dlc every two months for smash it's like ah no we need to have kid chris for christmas on switch oh that would be cool i would love to play that game with proper controls <laughs> yes kid kid christmas i guess no that doesn't really work, christmas. Does i mean that just sounds like the, <clears throat> the, the, the captain n version <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, hey, it's Dingo says, Stella Glow. I never see anybody even know that game exists. Me neither. And I reviewed it. Good game. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what actually comes of it. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow for uh, all this, all that uh, Smash hype, getting, getting in on that. Yes. For that, we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, we do have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons, big and small, but especially those at the producer tier, for helping to make this show happen. It really couldn't be done without all of you. In addition, a massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Jared Ettinger, Jonathan Belmare, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan Antwistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flame, Sky Blue Flame, excuse me, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Echo Carroll, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vendron Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Alicia, sorry, Azran127, Ken Ruleo 9 Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, uh, Douglas Chomics, Andrew Medeiros, Aram M, Brady Power, Phantom 23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Links, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hoobie, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Dark Umi 87, The Flying Tacos, Scuff 196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB uh, Cool, and Jason Uloa. Thank you all so, so much for all the support. Uh, this EP squad is as amazing as always, and uh, we really couldn't do without each and every one of you that support us over on Patreon. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. Until next time, good night, good vibes. Later from Ichiban. (laughs) Bye, everybody. everybody.